0: let's get on with the show. All right.
1: Hey, everyone. Welcome back to The Thoughtful Entrepreneur. I'm your host, Jen Amos. And today I have with me the president of Hosterian, Ken Cox. His website is hosterian.com, which is spelled H-O-S-T-I-R-I-A-N.com. He also has a new podcast show called Clicks and Bricks. Ken, welcome to the show. How are you? Good, good. Uh, and yourself.
2: <laughs> Fantastic. Great day.
1: Good, good. Uh, I thought I'd ask, this is a fun icebreaker I started doing. Um, do you feel any different from 2020? I,
2: I don't right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I have great hopes that the vaccine's rolling out. I have a lot of friends and family over that have the vaccine. So mm-hmm. I think we'll be back to what I'm calling our new normal. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think we're ever going to go back to where we were pre-COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think we'll find a new normal here pretty quickly.
1: Yeah. So yeah. Definitely. Yeah. My mom, uh, works for the government and, uh, she definitely, she got her vaccines. So we're like, Oh, how are you feeling? Like, does it feel like, it does it feel weird. And you know, she's like normal. <laughs> she's like, I'm fine. Right. And so, uh, I think she's going to be, I think her, uh, job is, um, planning on bringing her back to work soon. Um, but, uh, she definitely enjoyed, uh, being at home and be quite honest. In fact, she like is, <laughs> she lost a lot of weight. Like she, she found out she was, um, uh, a diabetic like at the start of 2020 and so she decided to kind of like you know walk to uh, two to four miles every day and eat healthy and now now they've given her they prescribed her less meds and we're like oh go mom you know and here I am like gaining 20 pounds while she lost 20 pounds <laughs> and
2: that, that's yeah. a good COVID success story not many of those <laughs> out there
1: yeah yeah and she has like her own garden in the back I was like man mom's fine like if she had to work remotely like this would be like the best you know change of her life <laughs> Um, but you know, Ken, uh, so your company, uh, his, uh, his, uh, sorry, let me say it again. Your company Hosterian has yeah. been around for 20 years. That's, inc- I mean, congratulations. First of all, that's a long yeah. time to be in business Just over 20
2: years. So. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But, no, I think that's incredible. Um, for people that are learning about your company for the first time, which, you know, oddly enough, I'm learning about it for the first time. So forgive me, <laughs> uh, let people know what your company is about and who do you like to serve?
2: So our, our core focus is, um, we, pr- we create and build custom private clouds mm-hmm. for managed service providers and software mm-hmm. as a service providers. That's kind of our, our bread and butter, what we like to do. Mm-hmm. We have a total of about 50 different products and services that we have. Mm-hmm. And that's um, in the early night or the late nineties, early two thousands, we did a lot of acquisitions. We did a couple of acquisitions again mm-hmm. in like 2005, 2006, so we have a lot of products that we're still servicing clients for. Um, so it's taken us some time to kind of get through the weeds of, of what, what our profitable products are and which ones aren't just because we have so many of them mm-hmm. um, and categorizing all those products. And then we've, we've really come to private cloud solutions for those two, two verticals, managed service providers and software as a service provider.
1: Mm, awesome. Uh, for people, can you give a, maybe? I mean, probably not like name drop, but like maybe examples of like companies that um, uh, that that kind of fit that um, right. description.
2: So the local the local um, MSP uh, CMIT is a great example. They're a nationwide franchise, and they're a great company, and they enable business owners to launch a local managed service provider. So. Uh, A company that's going to manage local businesses, computers, desktops, servers, email, those kinds of things and move Mm -hmm. them into the cloud um, would be an example of a large CMIT. And we work with a couple of CMIT franchisees now,
0: Mm -hmm. uh,
2: and and it's a great solution. So for them, what they can do as people are moving into the cloud, they get to keep the margins instead of giving them to Amazon, Google, and Microsoft. Mm. So they get to build their own private cloud. And instead of moving those small businesses' phone closets into a public cloud, they can own their own cloud, host it in our facility. We'll build it and manage it for them so they don't have to worry about security and updates and those kinds of things. But they have an IT infrastructure that they can move their local businesses into and really capitalize and keep the margins for themselves instead of giving them to to the big guys.
1: Yeah. It's kind of like uh, owning a house versus renting in a way. It's like this. Yeah, absolutely. Hard, hard so
2: hard if you, in all things, like if you, if you own the infrastructure, it's less expensive operationally for you to manage it. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's new challenges involved with owning your infrastructure versus renting your infrastructure. Um, and that's kind of where we we fit in as we will build and manage that private cloud for you mm-hmm. uh, for the MSP and what we find most MSPs enjoy about it most is that they have a lot of control Mm
1: -hmm. over their
2: environment. So whereas if you were to call Microsoft and say, Hey, can we make this change to your environment? They would say, absolutely not. Um, not But here we have that flexibility that we can make those changes and, and do a little more um, ad hoc kind of manipulation to an individual cloud for a user to do a specific kind of task that they need done.
1: Yeah, I like how uh, you kind of enable or you empower these businesses to take control of um, you know that type of uh, service as well as or that that type of space as well as um, giving them that guidance too, like helping them because it's like okay, we own the space. Like now, what do we do with it? Like how do we maintain it? Because that's what the bigger companies would do for us. <laughs> so I think that's right. really so, awesome as a company that you can help in that way.
2: Right, like AWS. If I were to put a server, like a mail server, over there, yeah, you don't have to worry about anything other than paying. <laughs> The, the obscene price for the, that processing power.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, um, convenience always comes at a cost, <laughs> right. I think. Yes. And so, so you and, are- and
2: what we find a lot of times, and we're still partnering with AWS and Azure. So even if you, if they're dead set on moving to those giant public clouds and there's, there's reasons to do that. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. We've partnered with them or resellers of their services. So you can also come to us and instead of us building you a custom private cloud, we can help you deploy into those, um, hyperscale clouds is what we tend to call them.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, very fascinating. Um, so Ken, let's kind of go back in time because as we mentioned, your business has been around for over 20 years. How did Correct. you start in this space?
2: So um, I started in, um, my my history is in entertainment, right? I was a stage manager for uh, a company called Suburban Noise in the early 90s. Cool, um, cool. I got off a tour. Uh, so I was stage manager for bands. Uh-huh. And I got off tour and I was in St. Louis and they, my next job was going to be in Japan. And I, um, I'm a pretty open-minded guy, but I'm a pretty picky eater. And I was very nervous about being in Japan for a year. <laughs> so, um, and this is early nineties. So I was building websites for bands, mm. kind of, you know, on, on like junk. Free web hosting places that, that nobody knew what this stuff was, right? Mm-hmm. So, but I had, I was fascinated by it. Um, I had attended WashU, so I had some HTML classes and stuff like that. So, I had an idea of what to do. Mm-hmm. And um, so, I, I got home, and I didn't want to go to Japan, so I got a job at a local internet service provider called Primary Network, which is who we are, is kind of where we were founded from. Mm-hmm. And um, I started doing websites for them and I got to work on MasterCard.com and WonderBread.com and some, wow. some really big sites right 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 out of the gate, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, because I was just this kid that knew how to do some things that not many other people knew how to do in 99. Right. Um, and then the bubble burst and all that stuff happened. Primary Network ended up selling. I went to work for a company called Empower Communications just for a very short period of time. That's the company that bought Primary Network. And I was an e-commerce analyst working for them. Um, and, but when we sold Primary Network, the original founder said, hey, we don't have a non-compete for hosting. So let's start a hosting company. So they reached out to me. I was the first employee um, and uh-huh. we worked for a year with no pay. Everybody just worked kind of, you know, nights and weekends. We got our very first clients um, about four months uh-huh. in. And it was, uh, I still remember it was, it's gone now. They're not existent, but it was IU Kuwait. And it was, um, a Kuwaiti Napster basically. Mm. And, but, um, I,
1: remember Napster. I, don't know
2: <laughs> I don't even know how we got the deal. Um, so we, you know, really started, our customers are international. Mm. Um, our largest two clients are not, um, one's in the middle East and one's in, um, Czechoslovakia. Right. Mm. So our, our customers are not necessarily St. Louis based all the time. Um, and then from there, we just continued to grow. Um, so we got one customer and they got two customers and three customers. We we found our sweet spot um, in software development. We did a lot of software development and then sold that business. And we found our sweet spot for hosting in the coal industry, which was a great run for a very long time wow. until 2015-16 when the regulations bankrupted Peabody Coal and Arch Coal mm-hmm. all in one day. And we lost um, all in about two months. They all filed bankruptcy and we lost a significant amount of business. So from there we had to rebrand. Uh, We lost our old president the same year that the coal companies, we lost the coal companies. So it was a a new transition time. Mm -hmm. Our board of operate, our board of directors, um, absolutely. No matter what they're like, you cannot ever file bankruptcy. You just got to figure it out. I'm like, well, Mm -hmm. we just lost, you know, $6 million a year in revenue. And and I still have long-term contracts on all those services. I don't know how to, so we figured it out. Um, we're back to profit now and, and we're chugging along and right. really narrowing down into what our, what our secret sauce is going to be and uh, moving forward from there.
0: Mm-hmm. So it's
2: been a, a fun ride, um, a lot of exciting stuff. And that giant hit from what looked like an unrecoverable set of circumstances a couple years later, we're back to, okay, all those things are now behind us and we're moving forward as a profitable company again, which is, um, you know, my team has been fantastic helping me do that. Yeah. Um, a lot of hard decisions had to be made, but, um, you know, we're all in a happy, healthy place today. So that's fantastic.
1: It must be nice to kind of look back and be like, wow, that was a really hard time, but we, we, we moved past it like that. I'm sure you're, I'm sure you're, I'm sure you're counting your blessings. <laughs>
2: There's, um, an extreme amount of power and nothing to lose. Mm. Right. Mm. So, I mean, if you're, if you think, if everybody already thought that you lost, right. And the bank saying, well, you should file bankruptcy and, and everybody's like, well, this is what, you know, my lawyer's like, well, this is what bankruptcy's for. And, yeah. you know, but I've got this board that's like, not going to happen. Can't do it. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. not until, you know, they're foreclosing on the building or all this other stuff. You just not allowed, you got to figure it out. So, um, you know, when everybody wow. thinks that you've lost already, you have a whole lot of power because, um, everybody's counted you out already. So you, all you can do is win.
1: In I my, like that mentality. Yeah, yeah. It's like, Hey, no one believes in me. So, <laughs> you know, like people yeah, so giving do it up, what I mean, want
2: to do. And if it works, then, you know, I get to shove it all in their face. Um, and if it doesn't, then well, they were right. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. But Hey, we figured it out. So, uh, in your face, yeah. <laughs> in
2: and I face think and every, um, I think you know there's there's far and few between businesses that start that are just lucky enough that they start and everything just works yeah, and they sell yeah. their pro- I, don't, I don't think, I mean that might exist somewhere. Uh, I don't think it does. It's never <laughs> happened to me. Um, it's always been a challenge starting a new business and and getting it up and getting clients and finding out the processes that you need to run. Um, but it's always just so much fun to, to figure all those things out.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I mean, you seem like a pretty enthusiastic person. And and like you kind of said earlier, this has been a fun ride. And I think I think you mean that.
2: (laughs) Yeah. And and this keeps me off the blackjack table. So
1: (laughs) (laughs) there you go. There you go.
2: (laughs) It fulfills that desire for me. Right. Because every day is, uh, you know, sometimes a a gamble on just negotiating a new lease or, Mm -hmm. um, you know, trying to negotiate some some bad debt from a long time ago. All of those things, you get the same kind of endorphin rush from Winning any kind of uh, either poker or sporting event, right? If,
1: yeah. Yeah. Time you, win,
2: you it feels good.
1: So, yeah. It's like we all need uh, kind of that outlet, and uh, you yeah. get to do that with your company. Correct. Yeah. You know, I, I think we talked a little about this offline, um, but uh, you mentioned or you sort of hinted that uh, you pivoted in 2020, as many of us have. So, can you share specifically what that pivot was?
2: So, as we, you know, we lost the coal industry completely. Mm-hmm. Um, And we had to figure out how to, and quite honestly, we got very complacent in sales when Mm. we, when we had these whole companies, right? We were really profitable. Um, I wasn't in charge of the sales organization at that point. I was in charge of operations. Mm. So I really had no care about how the company grew at that point. I just needed to make sure everything stayed up and operational. That was my, that was my duty in life. Mm. Um, so I was kind of oblivious to the sales organization of the company. At that point, we had these coal companies and we had profit and we had parties and everything was great and grand. Mm-hmm. Um, our president died and mm. we lost the coal companies. So now we're, we're, we're underwater and I have to figure all this out myself. Yeah. Um, and with some help from mentors and stuff like that too, but mm-hmm. uh, I wasn't all by myself by far. Mm-hmm. So we started with, and, and we created some confusion I really thought that hosting itself was a commodity and mm-hmm. you know, GoDaddy and, and Rackspace have really dropped the price all the way low. So I was like, well, I don't want to be fighting as our lead product with that. So I spent a few years focusing on marketing services, trying to lead with marketing services and figure, well, if we we're doing their marketing, maybe we can um, roll in and get their hosting. Mm-hmm. reason I did that is because I didn't want to compete with managed service providers because I had a lot of managed service provider clients
0: mm-hmm. and it
2: took me a long time to figure out, well, okay, I should get out of this marketing stuff. And we're, we're currently not, we're not getting out of it, but we're definitely putting it on the back burner. It's not what we're going to lead with anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, I should really focus on these managed service providers that I currently have, and I'm trying not to offend mm-hmm. uh, by, mm-hmm. by competing with them. So, cause I didn't want to go into managing desktops because I'd be competing with the managed service providers that I currently support. So it it took us probably too long to come to that realization that we should focus on managing services for managed service providers. Um, But we got there and and things are going along and and going in the right direction now, so.
1: Good, (laughs) awesome, I love it.
2: But Uh, the marketing services, actually what it did for us is it gave us a a wild in-depth amount of knowledge on how to market those services properly to that specific niche. I don't think the time was wasted. We did learn a lot in that process, and we got a couple of you know we got a great a few great clients that we're doing their marketing services for. Um, But the margins just aren't nearly as good, and the competition is um, very high. I think I feel like it's a saturated market. The Mm -hmm. the marketing for small businesses.
1: Mm -hmm. So. Yeah, for sure. Well, thank you for um, sharing that, Ken. Uh, I wanna go ahead and like shift gears, but before I do, um, anything else that you want our uh, listeners to know about Hosterian?
2: Um, Just like the the big differentiator for us is if a client is with Hosterian, we're 100% onshore service. So Mm -hmm. our our guys are in the data center. Um, When you call for support, you're talking to a person that has physical access to your servers, they can go mm-hmm. out and touch them if they need to. So, mm-hmm. that's a huge I like that differentiator,
1: yeah. And then,
2: I guess, the net you know, the, the next thing is you have like my cell phone number, mm. right? And you have my engineer's cell phone number. So, um, you know, we ask to judge us on how how we react when things go bad, not judge us how things are when everything's great,
1: yeah, um,
2: because that's where we really strive. We, I mean, we try to for no downtime,
1: mm-hmm. that's
2: definitely it. But when there is a problem, that's where we really want to be judged because that's where we really excel is getting those problems resolved and communicating with the clients throughout yeah. those, those tough times. And that, that's yeah. really the most stressful time for any client is when there's an issue, right? They want to know that they have somebody there that's going to be working on that issue and taking yeah. business as seriously as they take their own.
1: hmm yeah, right. for sure. I mean, it's uh, scary when you feel like your digital empire is about to be erased or about to crash, you know, and so to yes. have a team that is hands on and could literally touch, you know, the servers, right. um, I think is really reassuring for them. And And there's a reason why you've been in business for so long. Yes. Yeah, awesome, Ken. Well, you know, one of the last things I I uh, I know you wanted to share, which I, I actually thought was really intriguing about you, um, is your parting piece of advice, which has a lot to do with prioritizing um, your health. So, tell us a little bit about that for our listeners. You know, our small business owners and entrepreneurs, um, what what advice do you want to give in regards to your health?
2: Yeah, so I, I have to, you know, I have this argument with our sales team all the time, and you know. People tell me I'm a unique individual a lot. and I don't believe that at all. <laughs> I think that a lot of business owners do the same thing that I do. And I was going through this transition. Um, I was, you know, just about to turn 40 years old. Mm. I was a severe alcoholic, but I was very mm. functional. Mm. I could, mm-hmm. you know, go out with clients at noon and start drinking. And I could drink until midnight with clients every day, all day. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was fine until I got sick one day and I had strep throat. So I didn't drink for a couple days. And then that put me in the hospital going through alcohol withdrawal. Wow! Um, wow.
1: So, and yeah.
2: it was, it was pretty bad. So I almost died. I almost lost uh, my liver were through the roof. The doctor came in and he's like, Hey, you know, you got to figure this out. And that's when I, um, found my passion for boxing. Right. And if it wasn't for me finding a passion for boxing and using boxing as my physical fitness outlet, that I don't believe the company would be here today right? Because I don't think that I would be here today. And yeah. um, I, I it, maybe it's different at this point, but I know after the other president died, my board said, well, if Ken's not here, then we're probably just going to shut it down, right? Wow. Because it would have been two giant hits for staff. And the tribal knowledge that we have about the company is, you know, between the two of us was unreplaceable, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're working on adding new redundancies now. But, um, you know, without that, as you, you know, if we start our businesses in our 20s and 30s as we're getting 40 years old um, stuff starts falling apart and if you don't (laughs) keep track of it and keep up to date with it um, you know it's gonna it'll catch up with you really quickly Um, I'm not in the best place right now Uh, I had surgery about five months ago four months ago I guess in August so Mm -hmm. I've been fairly sedentary for the last four or five months but I'm getting back on the routine and going
1: yeah Um,
2: I think it's if your key staff isn't healthy and happy then then you don't have a good product or service at the end of the day.
1: Yeah, for sure. And uh, it reminds me of that uh, old quote that goes, your health is your greatest wealth. You know, it's like, and and yes. also there's a quote that goes, you know, a lot of people spend their lives building wealth only to use that money to pay for their health. <laughs> you know, so, um, yes. you know, very, very-
2: Now or later, right? <laughs> do you want to do, do the work now while you're healthy and you can stay fit or do you want to do it in the hospital bed later? Um, yeah, kind of the situation. And, and I feel like when you're in the trenches, building a company, those things are so easy to let slide. Right. Mm-hmm. And, um, I think it's important that we help each other as business owners and co workers to, to make sure that that's happening. Um, yeah, I don't think they, the schools do a good enough job explaining that gym class is an important part of life and it needs to continue after high school.
1: Yeah. Um, Amen.
2: <laughs> I mean, last time I sat crisscross applesauce was in, you know, sixth grade. And, I, and when you don't do it for a while, you can't do it at all. So, Yeah,
1: yeah for sure. No, I think that's a great way to wrap up our conversation today, Ken. Um, take care of your health, y'all. It's important, especially in these crazy times. It's very important. Um, Ken, thanks again for joining us. It's been an absolute pleasure having you. Thank you. Yeah. And again, to our listeners, this is Ken Cox, who is the president of Hosterion You can learn more about him and his company at hostdarian.com. And also check out his podcast, Clicks and Bricks. Thank you all so much for joining us and we'll chat with you in the next episode. Tune in next time.
0: Thanks for listening to the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Show. If you are a thoughtful business owner or professional who would like to be on this daily program, please visit upmyinfluence.com slash guest. Now, if you've got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. Now, if you do that,